Okay, we're back with another episode of Nobody Talks Shaduchim. Today's episode is going to be how to become the person someone else wants to marry. This is something that many of us single people have been thinking about and pondering for many years. Um, some of us may not have had the ideal images of what a marriage looks like in their background, uh, from whether they be their family or having told certain things by their rabbanim or rabbanim or teachers or colleges that may not exactly fit with the type of marriage that you want to see yourself in. So we have a few people up, uh, few people on this episode, experts, IJ, actually you're not one of the people, but, um, he's just one of my friend. Yes, uh, I am. Yeah, I'm you are. Expert. Okay. We have Avi Singer joining us. He's a local married person in our community, and he is, uh, you know, well known for his uh, takes on the ideal healthy marriage. And uh, we're looking forward to having a genuinely interesting, thought-provoking, and hopefully helpful conversation with him. Pontificating discussion. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. We'll be back right after these short messages. Okay, so we were discussing a little bit. Avery, tell them what the episode show. it is. What? Tell them what episode it is. We just discussed that in the break. We're, back, the break. we're back from 56. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we're back from 56. We were just discussing with Avi a little bit before the show certain things about the from marriage and why it's been, why it may be so difficult for people in the community to, you know, have a healthy marriage. And, um, you know, we're just curious to get your take on what an ideal marriage should look like and how to become that person to start. Okay, yeah, so so first of all, always dangerous in your local community to, to talk about ideal marriage because people see me, right? They might see me, like, you know, yelling at my wife in a parking lot someplace, <laughs> like, right? So, um, no, that's not going to happen. But, um, yeah, somebody once asked me if I could do a, 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 a class on parenting, and I was like, absolutely not. Again, in the community, because there's no question about it the following week, yeah, I'd be like yelling at my kid in the supermarket, and somebody like, yeah, right, that's the expert. But, um, but just to give you a little context on how I got here and, you know, my thoughts on, you know, how I sort of, you know, came up with this concept of, you know, what is an ideal, not even so much an ideal marriage, but how does somebody become ideally prepared to be married, be part of a couple, um, so I went to school for organizational psychology, um, which is business psychology. And interestingly enough, when I was there, one of my professors said, if you want to be really good at, you know, org psych, industrial, you know, in, in, you know, industrial organizational psychology, go and become a marriage and family therapist. Because sometimes working in an organization and talking to people is like talking to couples or talking to families. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, you say get a meeting. Totally relatable. <laughs> I didn't realize that at the time, but I went. I went to Hofstra yeah. University for their marriage and family therapy program, and it was amazing. I learned a ton, and um, and it was an amazing couples counseling program as well. So I decided, you know what? Let me let me go be a couples counselor, and I started working in this community, in our community, which again is you know, sometimes a little bit awkward, mm-hmm. but um, I started working in this community as a, a marriage and family therapist, and uh, I was young. I was like twenty five years old. Um, so some of the you know, couples I would get were often either uh, couples who were dating. Uh, couples who were engaged or couples who were recently married and people felt like, okay, you could relate to them. Right. And, um, over time I started realizing some of the common themes or some of the common challenges that couples were having, having, um, I had the opportunity to speak with other local therapists and we realized there was a real need for you know, some premarital counseling. Right. And we started writing a program. We started writing a premarital program and the program was really focused on, um, preparing preparing people for marriage. And what I mean specifically about that was we felt like couples weren't prepared to 
pull someone else into their lives, right? They would go out because they were super compatible, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, you went, you have this background, that background, that background, this interest, all those things. But the most important thing, which is how, how do I let someone else into my, into my life, into my world, that wasn't really being worked on. Like that wasn't really happening. Um, and we felt like that was a huge challenge. We started writing these, this, this program. So that's really how I sort of got into this mindset of thinking about, you know, how does somebody become ideally prepared um, to be married or to be part of a couple? Avi, I like what you mentioned there, that there's 100% relatability from industrial psychology or rather the, the workspace <laughs> to your home. And I'm a proponent of this. Avery knows this because we have a friendship, mm. but we also have a business partnership. And that's how I look at it. I look at it, a marriage, or, and, and again, this is to help people like prepare, mm -hmm. just to say, I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. I know I can do it because I think most singles are afraid of this. And they can now think, uh, obviously, after we have this discussion, they'll be better prepared. And when you're in that workplace, and you're a certain way of being professional. You know, you have clients. You have to deal with people. You have to sometimes bite the bullet. Mm -hmm. This really prepares you when you're living in a house with a wife. Mm -hmm. And even then, it could help you with regular roommates itself. Um, I see it as a challenge because not everyone is in a healthy work environment today. Yeah, you I mean, see that affecting it at large, or do you see this as something that does hold people back. Yeah, I mean, in the corporate world, we call worldview, right? So if I can't accept your worldview, and your worldview is basically where do you come from, right? Yeah. And, and aside from just being able to relate to somebody in the workplace and, and be able to connect with them, you really have to accept, like, where do they come from, right? Like, what's their background? What's their, what's their ethnicity, right? What, where, do they, you know, where do they grow up, right? And once you can sort of understand that, and like I said, sort of pull that into your world and say, okay, now I understand where you're coming from. Why do you have a certain sensitivity around some things at work or some things we're trying to do or some things we're trying to accomplish, right? Now I can sort of work together with you, right? That's what, that's what worldview is. I wouldn't call it worldview necessarily in a marriage, but it's a similar concept, right? It's a similar concept where, you know, think about it, right? You know, you, when, you're st when you start dating, right? So you're coming with, you know, 21, 22, 23 years of, of experience, right? <laughs> where, you, where you grew up, mm -hmm. your family, um, your extended family, the schools you went to, the friends yeah. you have, the camps you went to, the rabbim or teachers or whoever it is, right? You come with that worldview. And, it's, and it certainly formulates your, your thoughts and opinions about a lot of things, right? And that person yeah. you're dating, right? It's the same exact thing, right? Also, right? right. So, right. So, you know, that's something that, that I think you have to, you have to be aware of. And I don't, and I never hear anyone saying that they're aware of that. Right. When I talk to young, yeah. young people, they don't say oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so aware of the fact that I've got like all this, <laughs> this, this big train behind me. This, when but, they're young, they're not. They're right, not this big be train not. behind they're me coming. And this person also has a train and we've sort of have to sort of have to. I've mentioned it many battle. times. It takes, you're literally taking two entities and uh, in the business context, right? Mm. You, and you're bringing them together. It takes time to bring but them also, together and jive well. It, let's it, couple that in with the idea of being from as well, meaning like you don't have relationships with girls until you're 23, 24. Your only relationship with a girl is your parents or sister, really, in the real mm -hmm. from world, mm -hmm. in the Shidduch world, mostly, mm -hmm. the majority of them is. So they're really starting off behind the eight ball. How do, how do people drive with that? Like how, you know, how does, how does I, that affect I, yeah. you? How do they transition? It? Yeah. I mean, I think, that, I think, I don't know that necessarily, necessarily has to be something that, that prevents you from, from right. being successful, but I, I think it's something, again, it's an awareness piece, right? So the mm -hmm. awareness that, you know, um, that not only am I, am I, am I, 
you know, talking to somebody, like I said before, that comes with their own world of experience, but also as a female, and I don't have a lot of experience talking to females, like you have to be aware of that as well, right? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's just an added piece to that whole thing. And the reverse, right? So for, for women as well, right? For girls who are dating guys, aside from the fact that, yes, they have their whole perspective and right. whatever they've gone through, they're also maybe learning the perspective of a 21, 22-year-old boy, 25-year-old boy, 28-year-old boy for the first time in their lives. So that's just, again, this, these are just these things that we just, I think, need to create greater awareness around both how do you recognize it, right? How do you recognize someone else's experience and everything that, that they're coming with? And then how do you learn to accept that and pull that into your own experience that you can actually figure out your compatibility? It is the better route to uh, be a proponent of this, to market this? Uh, is, it, is it sending this message to the matchmakers or is it sending it to the parents? Is it sending it to the children themselves? It'd be a great, perfect world if we can get all parties here. Yeah. But where do you see is the most prevalent that you can get to? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's a, I think it's just, I think it's about re being realistic, right? So we were talking a little bit before that the show, sort of the way that, that I see it, right? And if, if you think of your life as a circle, right? So I'm a, I'm a circle, I'm dating, I'm, I'm, you know, 25 years old and I've got this circle and in my circles, all my, my life experiences, right? And then I have this other person, right? And they're another circle, right? So if you think about it, like a Venn diagram, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so it's funny, but if you talk to young couples and two say, circles. so when you get married, right? It's two circles, right? So when they get married, what's the overlap? Like they'll think it's like 50%, 60%. And it's not, right? <laughs> it's just not, it's, it's maybe 10%. So I think we're wow. over 10% really, yeah, yeah. even in like the most similar back. Just, yeah. Yes, he did. Again, just, just think about how long have they known each other for? Yeah. No, no not long. Right? Not long. How many hours have they spent together? Oh, we know, we know here. No, nothing, nothing. No, right. Yeah. So, so that's why I would say 10% is probably realistic. Wow. Right. And, wow. and, and again, that low and it's okay. At a highest 20%, let's but that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. Right. It's, it, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it only being 10%, right. As long as you're aware of that. Right. But if you think right, it's 50 right. or 60%, mm -hmm. you're going to be seriously disappointed at some point. Okay. So I love that. Everyone listening right now, <laughs> I want you to understand. Oh, cause yeah. this is where we like throw it to our, our, our listeners. Our audience, our friend, our our, sim, our single siblinghood, as we refer to it here. I don't refer to people. Like that. People, FYI, you have if you meet the right one, you have no more than ten percent in common. Okay, I want you to know that. I want you to know that. Okay, now they know that. Yeah, and so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example of that, like a practical example of that. Yeah. Sort of how Please, I yeah. I discovered it before I even like learned about it, and only later did I realize what had actually happened. So I was dating somebody, um, and it was going really well right? Easy conversation. We were getting along and um, it was going really nicely. So every day, even when I, when I would bring her back, I would, I would drive her back to her house and we'd still end up sitting in the car for a few hours. So that was going great, right? And then I just realized that she was like hashkafically a little different than I was, right? She was just a little, let's call it firmer than I was, right? So I said, okay, we have to have that conversation, right? Yeah. And, and one of the things that she kept sort of bringing up, but we weren't like focused on it because we were having a nice time talking, she would talk about TV, Right. She can't have a TV in her house. She can't oh, have a TV man. in her house. I was like, she was like 20. I'm like, it's a big decision to make right now. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't know myself. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe no, but I'm not making a decision. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not determining my life based on that. Yeah, so yeah. I remember I went out with her and I said, let, let, let's test this, right? Not this, not this theory about compatibility, but let's just test this. Like, how far is she going to go with this TV thing? So I said, um, I said, you know, I like sports a lot, right? And uh, let's say your husband came to you and said, um, Hey, listen, I know, you don't, I know you don't like TVs. Your, your family has a TV, by the way. Um, so what if I want to go watch the Super Bowl? Like, oh, let's like face that. it, right? The okay. number one sporting event of the year right. is Super I want to go Practical watch. example. There you go. That's what right. I said, right? I love that. I want to go watch the Super Bowl. And you, you were seeing how long, like, at this point? How long? We had you gone on, like, four or five dates. Okay. So it was at, in, in your circles, it was, it was at that point where it should have been, it should be brought up. I felt like it should. Okay, perfect. Because that was, again, that was, everything else was going fine. Okay, got it. Right? Just getting an idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I said, you know, would you be okay with your husband 
you know, um, you know, going to watch the Super Bowl, you know, because it's a big event. Avery, you listening? Mm -hmm. Right. This and she big... said, <laughs> "Well, not have a husband watching the Super Bowl." Huh? <laughs> okay, fine, but your wife, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so she said, "She said, would you be okay with your wife saying no?" Oof. And right. I said, "Well, she well, was smart, shrewd, very shrewd of her." I said, "Well, that wouldn't be my wife." Oh, I love it. And I only I realized it. later, and it was just like a, you know, probably a smart act, yeshiva guy thing to say at the time. I only <laughs> realized later though what I was really saying was, "You're not letting me into your world." Right? You're not letting a preference yeah, of mine, right? Because exactly. I just, that can't be my exactly. wife because I'm looking for somebody who can somewhat be flexible. Mm -hmm. And yeah. even though you can be, feel very, very strongly about something right now, to be so determined that this is never going to change. And I don't know where she is today. Maybe she has to use in her house or not. I, I don't know. But right. I just remember that later on in life, as I was sort of formulating this theory, this, this story reminded me. And I said, that's what was happening there. Right. Well, we hit I that fine that. line and balance in relationships where, yes, you do want to change somebody. You know, you want them to be able to what change for you, no, to, but you don't want to change them. Like, you can't change anybody, really. No, yeah, you don't want to you change You don't anybody. want to change them. No, no, no. You I'm, have to learn how to be accept, accepting of someone else in a relationship. That's exactly what right? it is. That's exactly what people, people think that. People think that, that you know, even when you go for a counseling or something, they, they think it's, a, oh, let me, how am I going to change this person? Yeah. And it's an eye-opener when I tell them, like, no, 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 it's not about changing them. It's about you learning to live with that. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's about you yeah, learning yeah, yeah, to yeah. live with this situation. It's not about me sort of convincing them to change. And it's actually, I'll tell you honestly. I think that when I when I when I able to get that perspective across to somebody, I think it's super helpful for them. Right? So, it's just like, oh, yeah. oh, is that why we're here? I'm like, yeah. You thought, you know, no. I, I dragged my husband or I dragged my wife here because I thought you were going to change them. I'm like, no. We're actually just going to learn to accept each other the way we are because maybe a little bit will change, right? But most of it's not because, like, again, they're coming with this whole worldview, world mm. experience, everything they're coming with. Right. Yeah. So how would you tell someone who you know wants to change somebody to you know learn to accept one of the flaws? Like, what would you? Yeah. Do, to like not only accept it but to make them appreciate it even because okay. that's so Except, common that's so common well, isn't that what it, isn't yeah. that what it's supposed to happen no every i tell every i i, I think every example agree, a like, cigar like a smoker people you know let's Always say somebody didn't, <laughs> let's say somebody didn't want a smoker right or someone didn't want somebody who yeah, you know, no. can't say mm. i don't know smoker vapor yeah no, no, well no. that's a big yeah that's yeah, a big no, part yeah. yeah you gotta have your things you gotta have your things that i can't like i can't live with that right but i think i think I think when you have something like, okay, that's, that's like a, you know, a, a rule that I, I just can't deal with, like a smoker or something like that. I think you right. have to stick with that. But I think if someone has, again, certain preferences that they have, right? Certain things that they enjoy. I, I don't think you have to be so compatible about that. Like, let's say for example, uh, uh, let's say for example, I'll give you one, you know, a husband likes to play sports, right? And after you get married, he's into sports, right? And he wants to continue playing, right? Mm -hmm. And most games are late at night. Right, and yeah. they're ten o'clock at night, and I used to do that. I remember going and playing, you know, flag football at Aviator or ice hockey at Long Beach or whatever it oh, was, yeah. and and that's when it is, right? Everyone works, everyone's got a life. So when is yeah. it? So yeah, I think I think I think a wife who says no, I expect my husband to be home every night of the week at you know ten eleven o'clock, you know, at night, you know, is not accepting the importance of that in her in her spouse's life, right? And and vice versa, right? So a wife who has certain things, you know. You know, you know, she likes to be part of, you know, uh, you know, they still have like musical productions and there are many women who like to be involved with that. Right. And that means that, mm -hmm. you know, you're gonna have to yeah. change your schedule because your wife wants to go sing or dance in a thing. And that's, and that's important to her. Right. Yeah. Even though I can't relate to it. Like you're 35 years old. Like, you know, what are you still dancing and singing? Like you're not getting mm -hmm. a job on, on Broadway. Like, you know, like what's, what, what are you still stuck on this? No. Why? So I have to go back to whoever it is at night, whether it's a Habrusa or whether it's something I like to do at night and say, listen, my wife has something that's important to her. I've not, not, not that I'm allowing her to do it. That, that's a terrible perspective. I have, right. I've, I've yeah. pulled that, appre that appreciation she has into my life and it's something that's important to me now, right? right. It is important for me that she is mm. able to do these things because it's important for her. That's really changing your perspective on it. It's not allowing someone to do something. That's a terrible sort of way to think about it. And sometimes people mm. think that's right. what it is. That's yeah. what you, you took the words, point. you took the thoughts out of my mind. No, I was reading your, I was reading your mind. You know, <laughs> and you were. And, 
Is there a way that someone can work on that? Should they bitch to their rabbi? Should they complain to their parents? And then when they look at their wife, oh, I'm so happy you went on that, you know, two week trip with your friends, and I was home with the no, two I don't, kids. I, I, or even let's say you were shidduch dating, and right. you know, I'm so happy you went with your friends to Mexico, and even though you were lonely, what do you do if if you're having a little bit of a challenge with it, but you know? I have to do this. You know, I have to do this. You, you got to work on it, right? That, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's not it's not something where you want to complain because like I still disagree with it and then like I'm going to complain to my friends and everything like that, but I'm still not let my wife go because then you're still in that category of letting you do something, ah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not that. I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling your perspective. You know, you, we all see this, right? It's the same thing like, uh, you know, when, when, when couples get married and you know, they start having like, uh, you know, yum and tovim together and they have different, different menhagim or different customs around oh, certain things, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not about, oh, I let you, you know, you guys want to like dance around the table on Pesach and my family never did it. It's not like I'm letting you do it, right? I'm, I'm appreciating it, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, right? I think, it's, I think it's great, right? I'll give you, I'll tell you one quick. I hope you find someone like that. <laughs> she I'll, makes yeah. you dance on the table. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you just, a, I'll give you like a, a, a world kind of example of that not from not from dating right so i was i was at, when i was at columbia university i took a course on mediation and conflict resolution and i had a number of people from the from the un actually came to take this course so this guy comes over to me right clearly orthodox jew and a columbia you're a target right it's a very liberal school yeah columbia you're a target i'm yeah. in my yarmulke there you know i was married with probably a couple of kids i was probably in my mid-20s at the time he comes over and he says he says uh, and he was he was african-american and i think he came with this sort of assumption that that, that I couldn't have a worldview because I came from such a close world. And he, he comes right over to me, oh, sees me in this oh. course, and he comes wow. right over to me and goes, you know, I'm successful at resolving conflicts and things like that because I see everyone as green. He's like, I see everyone as green. So everyone's equal to me and I see everyone as equal and I think that's great, right? He said, and then he looked at me like, what's my response gonna be? So the response should have been, that's great, you know, pat him on the back, walk away. But I was, a, yeah. you know, she got a little bit of attitude. So I said, I don't have that worldview at all. And he said, you don't? And you know, I said, no, not at all. And he said, why? I said, because I don't see everyone as green. And he said, how could you not see everyone as green? That's not fair. I said, no, what's not fair is seeing everyone as green. I said, because let's say you're teaching a math class, right? And Sally's just great at math. She doesn't need any help, right? right. And, right. And, and Phil in the back, he like needs a lot of help. So should everyone get two minutes of the teacher's attention? Or should Sally get zero time because she doesn't need any help? And Phil's going to get four minutes because he's going to pick up Sally's two minutes. I yeah. said, that's my perspective, right? I need, to, I need to find out about you. I need to learn about you, right? And once I've learned about you, now I know how I can deal with you, right? I can't treat everyone the same way. And I think, again, now taking this back to, to marriages, it's, it's the same thing, right? It's not just like, you know, read a book and, and just relate that or translate that, whatever it is. It's really about trying to appreciate, understand where someone's coming from, mm-hmm. why something's important to them, and, and sometimes you just have to let it go. Keeping everyone green, that's like marriage and even dating as well. Yeah. Really to dating because yeah. people, you know, you can close off yourself from so many people in, within dating yeah. because of their background. I've seen it so many times. Black hat. Yeah. You know, doesn't wear a black hat. You know, doesn't, didn't go to that yeshiva. It's equivalent. Yeah. She it's didn't a, go to seminary. It's equivalent of dating off, of, off, off the resume. Right? Yeah. It's equivalent of that, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, the resume is like really matched nicely. So that should, that should make it great. And it's not, mm-hmm. right? Because the important yeah. question is, yes, I see their resume, but what's their ability to be able to pull it and appreciate someone else, right? From a different world. And some of the best marriages I see, right? Some of the greatest marriages you see, and you know, they talk about like opposites attract, right? It's, it's not that, right? Opposite, it's, it's really this, like there's such a beautiful thing in a, in, a, in a relationship when people come from two seemingly completely incompatible worlds and they're getting along great because you realize they both have this magic, right? They both have this ability to make space for someone else to come into their world. 
And you're like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Wow, you're Hasidish and you're Sephardi and somehow the two of you get along great and everything. And like, that's amazing, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, and, and that's, like I said, that, that's almost sometimes more beautiful than just like two people like, yeah, they worked on paper and, you know, and that's it, you know. So I think that, I think that's, that's much more important than I said. We just work well on paper. That's all. Yeah, that's it. Well, I, well, I, it's, <laughs> well, it's the same thing when I interview people for work, right? I'm, right. I'm like, I'm kind of the same way. It's like, yes, on paper, everyone looks great, right? Every resume looks great. Everyone puts their best foot forward. But, you know, what I spend most of my time in an interview is not your skill set, right? Or your background, your education. Like, that's, that's easy to test, right? It's much more like, are we going to get along, right? Can we work yeah. well together? Mm. And this is what I, this is what I, I, I uh, have such an appreciation for relating Shaduchim to the corporate structure. And when you're a vice president of a company with, you have maybe 50 to 100 people under you, okay? Uh, when you're interviewing somebody, you don't just think, can I work well with this person? That, that's the last thing on a, on a VP's mind, on a director, whatever the title is. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, can this, you know, is, is this person, you know, do we like them? Is, you know, would he flow well with the team? Because I've been working mm-hmm. with that team recently. And, um, okay, I'm going to just test, you know, I'm, I'm testing for three or four out of ten that I'd like. And I pass them off right away to, you know, the manager he'll be reporting to. Right. And I think it's Shaduchim, you know, Shadchanim, forget this. Mm-hmm. They forget it. They don't know it and they're incapable of it. You're incapable. And they need to understand that it's not their job to just, oh, okay, what are you looking for? Uh, oh, are you sure you need that? Sha. Right. Relatively speaking, is this someone who this guy w- would this guy work well yeah. with your right? Well, to be fair, I think they're representing with? the parents. Shachanim represent what the parents generally want, right? So the general consensus would be in that case, right? There's this general, you know, narrow-minded viewpoint that's out there that Shachanim are representing. Oh, oh, that we know, so, right? <laughs> that we know. And it's a very, idea. And it's I, very I, narrow-minded. Yeah. Yes. No, and I, yeah. and I think that should be like the most important question. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't really get involved with, you know, I should look at a lot, but I'm trying now. And my wife is actually really great at it, and she's, nice, she's, nice. she's, she's super involved in our show and, and all the initiatives there. And I, and I tried one recently, and the whole time I was just thinking one thing the whole time. I was like, I have one goal in this and everyone would think, yeah, that they should get married. I'm like, no, 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 that they should both come back and said they had a really great time. Right. That's that, exactly. That's it. Exactly. Right. And- <laughs> there you go. He got it. And this guy's kids are going to get married folks. Thanks for the applause. And, <laughs> and, um, I didn't realize that a live studio. Yeah, right? we yeah, we did. We do. And, 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 and the way that I thought about it, like how, but how am I going to know that? Right. Was right. I just thought about like, are both of these people that kind of person, right. That's going to allow someone else into their world. And they're right. That's what it is. Right. Because mm-hmm. I also, I remember I went on a date, my first date ever. This probably should have ended my dating career. I went on a date and, uh, and this was like, <laughs> tell, us more, I, tell us more. Yeah. I wasn't quite ready to start dating yet. And someone was really pushing me like, I gotta go with this girl. I gotta go with this girl. With this girl. And they knew me pretty well. And I said, okay, if they're telling, telling me I should, then I probably should. Uh, an hour and a half into the date, the girl's like, yeah, take me home. Oh, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> nice. And, and what were the reasons there? I don't know, but I, I think that, I think that's what it was. I think both of us, you know, probably where I was in my life and where she was. Probably just thinking about just the date. Whatever, you know, no, whatever, whatever, we, whatever, was, yeah. whatever I said, I probably said something or she may have said whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It was just this like, like we weren't quite ready for that. What I'm talking about, like this whole, like, you know, letting someone into someone's perspective. I may have had a perspective mm-hmm. on something or she may have a perspective on something. And the other one just didn't respond the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, and, you know, in, in that mindset, it's like, well, we don't, 
we clearly don't have the same perspective. Therefore, this is this is it. We can't go right. further than this. Or there was some triggers there. <laughs> it could it could be, but again, I don't think I don't think you know. Just, I'm not blaming anyone. No, no, no. But there are triggers. I'm, they'll I'm, just come I'm, up. I'm not. I'm not either. But I just right. again, I think that, I think that's what happens, right? I think I think if you're, and that that's what I'm careful about, right? So so again, when I'm trying to set somebody up now, when I think about you know who I want to charge up, I'm sure I'd love to. I love to work with everybody. I think I can work with people who have that sort of open mindset, right? And that yeah. sort of yeah. I'm I'm prepared to hear someone else's perspective. I'm here, I'm prepared to hear about someone else's life and someone else's, you know, experiences and their family and everything like that. And therefore, even if they say something that I completely disagree with, right, I'm still gonna be able to have a good date with them because we can just have a pleasant conversation with that, about yeah. that, right? So my yeah. family likes to do X or whatever X is, right? And, and the other person says, it, your, your gut reaction is like, that, that's, that's bonkers, right? Rather mm. than saying, yeah, just, you know, can you explain that, right? Can you, can you tell me, tell me about that, right? Why is that such an important thing for your family, right? Why is that so important for, for where you mm. come from, whatever it is, like and just have a pleasant conversation. You don't mm-hmm. have to agree with it. You don't have to marry the person, whatever it is, but just have a, you know, and I think that's where we need to do some work in terms of training, you know, yeah. uh, people, people are dating, right? To, to just have pleasant conversations. Avi, I'll tell you, like for me personally, like every time I've had the best dating situations, the best dates have been that, exactly that. Like when I've been in my head, like, I overthink things too much. It's like, oh, you know, you're overthinking it or, you know, the, it's, it's just not going to be a good date. It's, it's been terrible. It's been awful. I've just been, you know, had bad dates because mm-hmm. of that. You know, when you're in a mindset, even if the girl is not the right girl, you know, even if you know it within the first five minutes, mm-hmm. just having the mentality of getting to know somebody, practicing that on someone that you even know is not going to be the right person is probably the best way to learn how to actually have a good date. So those have been the best times I've been dating. Yeah. And uh, 100%. it definitely clarifies things. 100. percent You know, that, easier. And that, and that's like I said, and, that, and that's what you hear from couples. Like when they'll come back and they'll say afterwards, like that went well. Not for me, right? But that went well. Right. Um, and sometimes you know, often they'll have an idea like, because of the great experience that I had. I actually think of somebody else for them. Like often that that's what that you know that experience will will tell you they had a good experience because they're thinking about somebody else because they've been able right. to do that as opposed to it's just not you know not that one right. And you're like <laughs> that, that doesn't that doesn't I don't learn anything from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that's a big part. And again, I, I think I remember in early on when we were trying to write these premarital programs i wrote one with a bunch of local therapists here it was a big focus on that right and weird things that people would never even think about having conversations about like for example you know have a conversation about finances right no one tells couples like and and they don't really know anything about finances but just like how do finances work like who does the who pays the bills like in your Mm -hmm. family just those can generate such such interesting conversations right Um, anxiety also does the wife plan to work these are things that come up that you people don't talk about even till after marriage like right. do you plan to work mm-hmm. do you not plan to work do you right. want to raise your kids because they see their wife well, I they think see that, the mothers and they don't really have they have that template but right. they may want to do something else and the expectations right. could be different I think the bills though are a lot more relatable because I, I think with our generation overwhelmingly these girls know you know most of them know they have to work yeah, but, but again, yeah, but but even but paying those work, bills, right. that, those, those weird conversations, but even what if, are some giveaways you can tell us how to, how to yeah. work that out? No, but I'm saying even if you want to talk about the one about, about work, right? So, so that's the one you can even go with because you can say something along the lines of, oh, I hear you don't want to work and, that, and that's great. Are you open to moving? Are, wait, wait, Is there hope? Wait, are you open to moving <laughs> to an out-of-town community? Right. Oh, okay. that's where you, again. That's where you can start. Am I? <laughs> no, no, are I, you I, Avery? Right, right. That's again that's the first. But then that's, again, but when you bring this up to wow. couples and you say have these conversations, yeah. right? So yeah, like it you're saying, work. right now on paper, if you ask the question, do you want to work, and and the, and, the, and the girl says no, so the guy says, well, you know, X or check, whatever it is, right? That like because that that's a paper conversation, right? That's just mm-hmm. a checkbox conversation. It's not really leading to, you know, again that that deeper conversation where a girl might say, my preference would be 
to be able to stay home with my children, right? My, my preference mm. is able to do that. Mm. And then you have to have a conversation. Okay, how are we going to make that work? Right? How, and then have that conversation. Like, I don't mm. think a couple has ever had a, had a conversation. Or I would say in our community, most couples are not having that conversation about, oh, is, you know, oh. if in, in the event, and I'll tell you honestly, I mean, I know from, from my own experience, right? So, so my wife works, right? Um, but there were certainly times when um, after, you know, some of our children, and I, I know this, you know, this is the case for a lot of people where she's, I can't go back to work right now, right? For, mm. You know, whatever it is. So it, it's never a given, right? I mean, I have employees. I have, I have employees who have had, who have had children. It's the same thing, right? And they always say, yeah, I'm coming right back after, you know, after I have my baby. I'm like, no, I don't, we don't know that, right? You can come back, but we don't know that, right? Um, we don't know how that's going to be. You may need more time or less time, whatever it is. So again, those are the conversations that I think we need to, and this was the other program I was writing with a number of therapists in Brooklyn, right? We were actually writing a program to start having these conversations with boys and girls in high school, right? Ooh, I like that. Even, I like that. Yeah, I'm going to send my kids to the, which I, I No, I'm just saying, and no, we, and we, went, we wanted to go to high schools and I say like, like you need to start teaching these boys when they're 11th and 12th grade, yeah. how to have these meaningful conversations, right? How to have a conversation about, understanding other people's perspectives because they're so like where they're coming from boys and girls, right? Where they're coming from right now, everything went so in lockstep, the schools they go to, the camps they go to, where they're going in as well, all those things are so in lockstep. They're not really meeting any, any of those people are going to have those sort of like opposite views, opposite, you know, hashkaf or whatever it is. So you need to start thinking about them, bringing up them now. How will you deal with somebody who has a slightly different hashkaf or slightly different perspectives or slightly different goals than you do and start that in, the, in 11th, 12th grade. And then hopefully, you know, you know, they're able to, to, you know, to, to do it later in life. <laughs> I think, by the way, I'm just, I'm coming yeah. from the Altaheim and Avery also. That, it's like, it's not so well, young. Yeah, it's so young. Can that happen? It's, the modern it's community. Tough to, 25 is tough to give over these concepts to, to the younger you'd, you'd, you'd be, kids. You know? you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. I don't have any kids, so I wouldn't know. No, 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 no. All right, uh, Avi and Avery, um, we're actually going to go to a quick break. Uh, it's, take a look at this, by the way. It's up on the web page. Um, it's the Shidduch Crisis is No Laughing Matter with Mendy Pellin. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> he pretends to be like a news reporter, and he's reporting a story on Shidduchim. Uh Take a look at that. It's up on the web page at uh, shidduchpodcast.com under articles. That's shidduchpodcast.com under articles. Again, Mendy Pellin uh, making another funny over you know the Shidduch, Shidduch game and everything like that. So uh, shidduchpodcast.com under articles. Are you a newlywed couple or a parent of a newlywed couple? Well, you may have just found your shidduch, but there's another shidduch that our friend Broker Ben can make for you, and that's for your new home. Broker Ben sells houses, rents apartments throughout the tri-state area. He specializes in the five towns and Crown Heights. If you need a place to stay for short-term, long-term, to live, and create a house that can build future shidduchim, reach out to Broker Ben at 516-491-9593 or you can find him on Instagram at the broker Ben on Instagram. I'm just saying you'd, so I, you'd I be amazed at how early you can start to train children on, you can start in elementary school, you can start at a really young age. Again, it's, it's, all, wow. it's all relative to that, to that yeah. point, but yeah. you mm-hmm. can teach kids at a very young age, you know, uh, give you an example, you know, uh, my kids go to, to dark and I'm not here, you know, you know, touting one school over another. My kids got into lots of schools in the community, but one of the things that Darke is very well known for is bringing in um, children who are, have certain disabilities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. and and again, one of the amazing things, and I think Ray Bender talks about it a lot. One of the amazing things is being able to have kids experience that, right? Have kids be open to that and see that, yeah. right? 
And that's an amazing thing, right? You know, I had, there was, there was, a, there was a, even this Shabbos, there was a, there was an Arshul. I don't know, were you there? The Shabbos? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. So there was, there was somebody who brought, you know, um, a kid that he takes care of, you know, and um, he's a disabled kid and, and this counselor brought him for Shabbos, right? Mm. And like, that's amazing, right? That's just, an, yeah. it's an amazing thing because you realize that although he comes from a, a world and a family where he doesn't, doesn't really have to deal with that, he's comfortable dealing with that, right? So yeah. I think you can at a very young age, you know, everything in perspective you can do with five. I hear that. No, you know what? I, I'm, I, I yeah. like this. I really like, I like this analogy because I, I have known a difference with um, my parents' generation. Uh, maybe yours. I don't know if we're in the same. Uh, are you, are you I'm gen? 43. I'm are you old. Gen? Oh, so you're I'm you're old. you're the first millennial. Very basically, old. you're a first millennial. Okay. Yeah. So I see with our parents' generation that it it is a it's it's a really different response that's very unwarranted. But we handle that better. That we say, wow, like this is a special neshama. This is a, we ha- you have a different. So I hear that. So maybe this can work. By teaching the children these these um, these these steps of your program and how to have those conversations, I think yeah. it could work actually. Okay, right away you just you just changed my mind. I was like, no way, and you know you're right. Well, that's but that was the point again. So that was the wow. point of when I first the first program I wrote was was premarital, right? That was like for couples who are either like engaged already oh, or about yeah. to get engaged, and that's what we thought. And then we realized, wait a second, right? You know, in Brooklyn we were writing this program for weeks and weeks, and I spent a lot of time in there, and that was for even earlier on, right? That was for bringing it into high schools, and unfortunately at that time, both these programs never saw light of day right so both programs yeah yeah. the community wasn't ready at the time again this is like yeah yeah 15 years ago i'm hoping now i mean i'd love to 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 try again and one of my goals is really to try to try this again the the the, it hasn't changed right the the no i think the the goal (laughs) we'll we'll promote it for sure we're gonna promote it the goal hasn't no the goal hasn't changed but i think i think you know i think there's an even greater need now because you know when i see what's going on right now and, and talk to people and i still talk to many of the the couples counselors and you see people who are you know um, you know, getting engaged and then, you know, a lot of those engagements are, are getting broken off or even like worse, mm-hmm. you know, getting married and very quickly it's not working out. Yeah. And so often, although I don't know the specific details, right. So often, you know, it relates back to this notion, right. It relates back to this notion of not so much red flags. I think that's an important one. Right. But more, more along the lines of, you know, did we have these sort of critical, important conversations, you know, at the right times while we were dating uh, at the right times while we were engaged? Um, you know, do we have them? And if we didn't and we're having them now, that could be kind of why it's not working. Mm. I love that. Uh, let me let me ask you. Um, you mentioned that the some common themes uh, that that would like lead to people like into this program that you were you know constructing. Um, you know what what are some of those that people maybe can try to become aware of. Um, and does everyone need it? Does everyone need it also? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, every, okay. every, everyone, everyone needs it, right? I mean, it's so rare. Oh, it depends, right? Where you would get it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, every, everyone, I don't think, and I don't think you would tell anyone, you know, anything, I'm not telling you anything today where you're not like, oh yeah, this is revolutionary. Like I didn't know that people needed to hop on one foot, you know, for <laughs> four miles yeah, yeah, and then right. they're going to be ready to get married. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just that perspective. Right. Um, you know, it reminds me, I was once giving a lecture on, um, John Gottman, Who's a who's a brilliant brilliant um, marriage therapist? Yeah, right. yeah, brilliant brilliant marriage therapist, mm-hmm. and he was one of the first people to actually study marriages. He had this little um, apartment uh, sure. at uh, at uh, I think it was like Washington University or something like that, and he had cameras all over. And this is like in the seventies and eighties, and he would observe he would observe these um, couples over a weekend, and he would see how they related to each other. And he one of the books that he wrote, he said, um, successful couples will have five positive uh, things that they say for every one negative thing. Right. So, so I, I get up at this lecture and I'm talking about, you know, great marriages and things like that. And, um, and this guy gets up and he says, yeah, that's a given. 
Like, what's so brilliant about that? You know, if you say five positive things and one negative thing, you're gonna have a great marriage. Like, right. yeah. Right. I said, no, 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 no. I said, what he's saying is you can learn that. Ah, ah. He's not saying that, oh, well, I guess if you're not doing that, you're doomed, right? <laughs> you know, like if you can't find five positive every negative, like then you might as well just like, you know, call it, call it quit. What he's saying is that's your goal, right? Get to right, that right, point. And right. if you can get to that point. So, so, so I think the, I think, I think the goal is, um, you know, back to your question, I think it's, we need to sort of teach those ideas to kids. Like, you know, you still have a lot to learn, right? So just this mindset. Understand also, that. Yeah. yeah. Under, just yeah. this mindset. You're starting to date now. You're starting to date now. Great. Right. Like, like, I think I, I almost think like boys and girls, again, this is, it's not going to happen, but you know, should have a certificate that says they're ready. Right. And what does yeah. that mean? It means yeah. they've gone through th certain courses. Yeah. And what were the courses about? Yeah. The courses were about challenges and how do we deal with them? And different perspectives and different backgrounds. That's the whole course. And for our older singles too, exactly. for people, for right. our, anybody, for our for those who are reborn. Yeah, because mm -hmm. we have people coming to the show 25, 26, 30, and they're reborn. Hundred percent. Right. So when we for your reborn, well, when we discuss these marriages in the community that are actually frayed and shattered and all that, when we think about it, you know, a lot of these people have gotten married at nineteen and twenty, and mm -hmm. they were pushed by their abayim and their you know yeshivas and seminaries to get the you know quickest marriage right. done and whatever, and that's like we said before, the hospital, like that's yeah. you know it's going to rescue, it's going to save you, <laughs> and you know sometime waiting some time to get married and to become a person or to really learn certain things, right. you know, maybe a better option. I understand the Gemara's point. So that's sort of, you know, the Gemara says get married at 18, right? So right. we have to, as from Jews, we have to balance that mentality and it becomes this sort of it doesn't, well, cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, 18 year olds today, you know, yeah. think about it. Life expectancy back in the day used to be what? Don't they say 13? 50? So 18 then is a third of your life. Yeah, but today I, it's it's only like what a quarter. But right. but again, I I, I think mean, I, not I, three yeah. quarters. I think you're bringing uh, up a good uh, point. I mean, but I think it's I think it's what did you do until you turned 18, right? So oh, again, 18 year olds can get married, but what yeah. what were they what were you know again what, from a maturity standpoint, right? Maturity, right? And sometimes it's 25 and sometimes it's 30. I don't think there's a specific time. And even and and the same thing that you were saying before, which I think is a great example, right? I don't think just because now you're married you have to stop, right? There are certainly going to be things along the way, right, that you're going to get stuck with. And yes, I can say I'm mm -hmm. open minded and. You know, my wife's open-minded and whatever it is, there's always going to be those things, right? Same way with like kids, right? So, you know, you eventually have kids and all your kids are different, right? And maybe some of them you know how to deal with and maybe some of you don't. Well, then you have to go learn, right? Don't assume because like, okay, well, our first kid was like, okay, no, no, you've got to go find out. You've got to, and it's <laughs> yeah. a constant learning process. Yeah, right. You know, sometimes, um, you know, people always wonder like, you know, you know, does this counseling actually help or does it work? And I, and I said, again, it you know, it's, it does. Yeah, it works. Said, it, it, work, it works if people are open to it. Right. Like I remember one time I was seeing a couple and they were just like, he doesn't care about me. And she doesn't care about me. They're back and forth. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. And I was like, I don't think that's really true. Right. I just, I was just thinking that like, it just didn't, it didn't sound like it, but it was what they were stuck on. Right. They were stuck on who cares. Right. And so I said, oh, let's just try the little activity. Okay. I said, um, um, you're going to go home. Right. And what I want you to do is I want you to each do three things for the other person. Don't tell them you're doing it, but do three specific things for the other person they don't normally do. I right, just do, do do those three things. So, um, and come back and we'll come back next week. Fine. So they said, okay, that's your homework. I, I was big on homework when I was doing couples counseling. <laughs> a lot of homework. Yeah. So they came back the next week and I said to the, to the husband, okay, so what were the three things that your wife did? And he said, I, I know exactly what they were. And he said, three things. So she said, no, it was none of those. Right. He's like, no. She's like, no. He said, try to try a couple other ones. It wasn't one of those. And finally she said what it was. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So it was really like 15. Oh, wow. Right. And, and the same thing, right. She tried, she tried guessing his and it was also like the same thing. And I just said, that's it. Right. Again, I'm not, not saving your marriage. There's a lot of work to do and everything like that. But again, you know, 
there's just certain things that you need to learn somewhere along the way and it's fine to come in and sort of get someone to give you a little perspective and and open your eyes and and you know and that was like an eye opener already there like wait a, wait a second so we can't go now we can't go back to this whole notion like we don't care about each other because yeah. clearly yeah. you each do things for each other throughout the entire week at least yeah. 10 or 15 things that actually work but again sometimes people just need to be reminded of that I, I i have noticed i think avery can agree with me you let me know um it, uh, some people i i feel like a lot of i feel like girls are a little bit more content or com complacent with like going to couples therapy or, or trying it out is there is that something you see also is it maybe just more prevalent in the jewish community or is there a way to overcome it if your partner is really holding back you know you're seeing someone seriously you want you you think you got to go and and usually i'll know i think you'll People, will, yeah. some one party will know. Yeah, you got to normalize it, right? So, so that was one of the things that when I was doing like premarital counseling, people would say like, people go to premarital counseling with their problems. I'm like, no, no, mm. everyone should should go, right? Normalize. I think it's an important thing in general. I don't want to get into the whole sidetrack conversation, but just normalizing going for help, right? So, so yeah, maybe guys are less normalized for going for help, and maybe <laughs> girls are more normalized for going for help. I don't know. Right? Maybe that's true. Probably I, that's probably the stereotype. It could, it could be, right? I think it's the corporate structure, by the way. But, but, that's but, like but I said, it could yeah, be. But again, I but, so. but I think, but I think that's what we have to work on, right? So, yeah. so normalize not just you know, in high. Again, those are sort of things you can sort of teach really, really early on, also, right? When kids are young, yeah. right? Normalize going for help. Normalize um, talking about you know being stressed or, or struggling with relationships or things like that. And you mm -hmm. normalize that. Then later in life, when they're dating or or even when they're after dating or different things are coming up in their lives, and you yeah. already normalize it, there's no stigma around you know. Um, I'm, I, I, I talk to my friends all the time. I talk to people all the time about the fact that there are different times in my life where I've gone for somebody taking my kids or myself or whatever is for help. And I don't say it because, because I need someone to buy my business. I say it because I'm trying to normalize it. Right. Like, and that, I think that's right. the big thing. So right. back to your question about, you know, is it guys or girls or whatever it is? I, I think it's everyone. I think everyone still struggles with this notion and to assume that, you know, you'll, you know, like you were saying before, people who still live in, you know, they're 50, but now, you know, people living to their 80s and 90s, right? Yeah. And, and to assume that people are going to go 50, 60 years of their lives because somehow magically, you know, they were able to date and get married and everything like that. Nothing's going to come up. No issues going to come up. It's just silly, right? There's, there are things going to come up. The stressors are going to come up in life. And um, we have to normalize, you know, getting that help when you need it. Normalize it. I like that. And I, I would, I would just say, um, if you're having that struggle, maybe it's good to try to bump into someone. You know, if you're if you're seeing someone seriously, you think you got to go see um, like a professional. Maybe um, meet in an informal uh, setting, you know, like by a simcha, and be like, oh, that person was so cool. Uh, Shimmy, where do you, uh, you know, like, uh, how do you know him? Oh, I, he, oh, she's a therapist. Oh, no, and like maybe that could, that's how you can, you know, get that up and going. So. I, w I wish I wish people even came into into the whole notion of dating with this idea that if a date didn't go well or something didn't go well, you know, it doesn't didn't necessarily mean that they couldn't date the person anymore. But maybe it was an opportunity to either themselves or as a couple go and have a conversation. Right? Is this is this a sticking point? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes I hear that from from people, and they'll say like, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I was dating somebody and I stopped because you know this issue came up." And I, in my head, I'm like, "That may have been one that you could have overcome, right? That yeah. may have been one that you could overcome." And again, you know. Not necessarily, right? But it, but but it could be, right? And and again, you know, I think though, I think we're probably still at the point as a community where if a guy or girl came back from a date and said, "Yeah, we had this sort of issue, we had this challenge, we 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 weren't compatible in this area," right? And then that would be like, okay, that's the end. Versus thinking, okay, you know, maybe you guys, maybe there's a, a rabbi in the community, or maybe there's something you guys can talk to, 
and see if, you know, if, yeah. if you guys can work that out. And, and, um, you know, I, I think that that's a perspective I think we need to have. Yeah. Avi, that's a great, uh, insightful point of view. I really like it. And this conversation was great. And, Thank um, you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, we're going to, it's going to get to our closing after these short Thank messages. Thank you. Avery, Thank you for having me too. Yeah. Short closing after these short messages. Close. Yeah, do, do, you, do, turtle? No, you. Want to do it? Okay, no, I can. You want me to do it? I don't care. No, you do it, and then you spin off, pass off me. I have two lines I want to say, and then I'll. All right. Okay, so episode fifty-six. Um, how to in the become books. the person someone else wants to marry? Uh, joined by Avi Singer. Uh, IJ and I were joined by Avi Singer. We had a great, enlightening conversation about many things that have certainly taught me how to become someone that. Uh, maybe someone will want to marry me. Maybe not. You never know. But uh, there's always that option. You never know. Have to keep it in mind. But um, yeah. So thanks for coming in. We appreciate. It. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to just? Where can know, people find yeah. you? What's how do you want the public to find yeah, you? Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, you know, I'm 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 hoping. You know, again, I've 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 grown a lot of the last years. I'm hoping to to start doing this again. Okay. Right. So I I yeah. backed out. It's so funny. 10, 15 years later, I still have couples in the, in the community who will call me and say, "You still in couples count?" I'm like, wow. "No, I don't do it anymore." Like, you need to start doing it again. Oh, wow. So I'd love to. I mean, I'm hoping I'm at the point right now in my life where I can start doing it again. But more importantly than the counseling part, I think the program part. So okay. yeah, I'm around. Uh, you know, people can always find me. I'm, I'm local in the, in the five towns, and you know, people can find me here. And I'm certainly happy yes. to have these discussions. But um, so they'll yeah. Google you. They'll Google you, or they'll don't, contact. Don't, I'm, not contact I'm not so Googleable. Okay, so, so contact yeah. Avery <laughs> if anyone's they'll interested. They'll come to Davin in the back and have <laughs> no, some just candy. come to the shul. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. I think I've, I've listened to a number of the episodes. I think you guys. Oh are, yeah. Yes. Which one's your favorite? <laughs> I don't know if I have. <laughs> don't, favorite. don't don't. But don't um, answer. who's no. your favorite character? Which one, oh, Avery or I? But again, I think like even like the title is right. Right. No one talks to Dukham anymore. Like I think that's what it is. Like not to talk about Shadduchim it's like I love it you get it you get it it's like we need to we need to rethink the whole structure and how this works and everything about that and um yeah so I think you guys are doing a great job I love that and I I will say Avi thank you for coming on um two takeaways that I thought were you know so powerful and very insightful um I like that you said what you said opposites attract but I see singles today um, are successful are the ones that welcome the compromise. That was uh, one big one, which uh, which I have not heard before, and I think it's um, very insightful. And um, also, like this one, um, it's always good to be reminded. You know, it's not about changing them; it's about living with with you know whatever they have. And it shouldn't be a flaw. It shouldn't be a this. Just a difference. Have to learn how to live with that. That's uh, that's my closing, Avery. Okay. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, definitely. I'll be thinking about the circle for a long time. <laughs> the circle of life. Avery, as, uh, by the way, as Avi said, you know, um, yeah, moving the circle. He, he wants us to do homework, so I, I expect five nice things. <laughs> five I want, nice I want to hear from you. Thing. All right, and after that, I'll think about, you know, I'll yeah. give five bad things and one nice Hit thing. Hit the record back. button, close it, then I'll say all the nice things. <laughs> oh, you said. <laughs> all right, as uh, we usually end off, this is the Nobody Talk Shidduchim podcast. Um, happy face, smiley face, silly face. So much. That was great. The yeah. women love it. Yeah, Avi, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for having me. That was great. If you guys have anything else down the road that you want to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So this is one topic. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is, I want to talk to you guys before me before I think about the podcast that I want. Hey guys, this is Yona from the Nobody Talks to Duchen podcast. I want to take a moment to tell you about I Like Ike Marketing. I Like Ike Marketing serves all marketing and communication needs, including web design, branding, graphics, Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns, logos, social media, and more. To get the full deets and explore their services, go to likeike.net or call 516-399-1000. Alchi's Media Network.